Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. All right, For The Girl fam, welcome back to a fresh and new season of the For The Girl podcast. We have been taking a little break the last couple of weeks to just leave some space between our last conversations that have been awesome and amazing on this podcast and to begin this new fresh season, which is all based on our brand new study called Still The Same God. And hopefully you have seen it. Hopefully you have heard about it. Uh, We've been sharing about it on Instagram, TikTok, and our emails and all the different things. But this is a study that we have been working on for probably the last four or five months. Been taking a little break the last couple of weeks to just leave some space between our last conversations that have been awesome and amazing on this podcast and to begin this new fresh season, which is all based on our brand new study called Still the Same God. And hopefully you have seen it. Hopefully you have heard about it. Uh, we've been sharing about it on Instagram, TikTok, and our emails and all the different things. It was the study that while we were in the middle of tour, like looking ratchet on our couch in our little writing caves, this was the study that we were working mm-hmm. on. And it is so exciting and so fun to finally bring it out into the world and Uh, to have these conversations. We've been so excited about the conversations that we were going to get to have on this podcast about this study. And then also the conversations that are going to happen in living rooms and coffee shops uh, all over the world as you guys begin to dive into this study and do it with friends and do it with groups and all the different things. So we are really, really excited. And so the study is still the same God. And it's all about how the God that we Mm -hmm. read about in scripture the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, the God of Esther, the God of Rahab, the God of Hosea, the God of the disciples in the New Testament, the God of Paul. That same God is the God that we get to be in this everyday, thriving, amazing, awesome relationship with. And we are going to really wrestle with this kind of idea that the God of the Bible, the things that you see him doing, the things that you see him speaking, um, the ways that you see him moving, Mm -hmm. he's still speaking and moving just as actively in our lives today. And I think it's going to be really cool. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear some really awesome and powerful testimonies. And then hopefully just begin to maybe open your eyes to how God might be actively moving and speaking in your life in some really cool ways too. And so it's going to be an awesome six weeks and we're excited. Yes, we are so, so pumped. I feel like I say this all of the time, but I really just believe this. And it's been a hard reality for even myself to wrap my head around. But it's so easy to read the scriptures day in and day out or when you get the chance to, and you hear all these crazy radical stories of God showing up for people and these miracles happening and all of these things. Yet sometimes it feels, well, it's very empowering. And you're like, oh my gosh, God is so big and he's so real. And this is crazy. But it's really hard to believe for yourself maybe or maybe apply to even your personal life or what you're going through or how you're needing God to show up for you or our culture today and all the things. And so that's really the conversation we want to dive into, that God, this God that we 
read about in the Bible that he still does show up in our lives, that he still heals, that he still speaks, that he still cares, which is the conversation we want to have today. And we really feel like this one's so foundational. Like this is really where we begin because the following conversations about God healing and God speaking and God providing for you, you know, if we don't believe that he first cares for us, then none of that will feel real either. And so we really want to dive into, you know, it's so easy to believe firsthand. You're like, okay, of course, yeah, I know God cares for me. Like, he loves me. I've heard that before. I feel him. Like, he feels close to me. He cares for me. But do you really believe it? Like, when things are hard or when days feel long and when you don't feel him closely, like, do you really, really, really believe it? I know for me, it's been hard at times. Like, I've heard those, like, people say, you know, like, there's billions of and millions of people in the world, yet he still sees you. And I'm like, uh, does he though? Like, really? Like, does he know what I'm doing today? Like, does he care what I'm doing today? Does he care about my brother who really needs you? Or does he care about this job application situation? Like, does he know? Does he see? Is he a part of this? And the reality is, is like, He really, really is, and he wants to be a part of your everyday. And so we want to speak into that in this episode, and hopefully it will set a foundation for all the ones to come. Yeah, I think this conversation is is so important because I think if we have any doubt or any uh, just like moments in our life where we, we struggle to believe that God really cares about us, then that affects everything else. It affects how we see ourselves. It affects what we think is even possible. And it often, I think, leaves us in this cycle of striving. And I think if a lot of Mm -hmm. us got really honest, we believe God cares for sure. Like we're like, oh yeah, God loves me. God cares about me. Like, you know, the whole good news, the gospel story. But when maybe we are at our worst or maybe when we mess something up or we fall into sin or we, you know, just aren't at our best, like our sparkly, shiniest best, those are the moments when we mm-hmm. start to believe or we start to doubt God's care for us. Because in our in our humanity, we are so used to this transactional love, which is like, you know, very much based on, okay, you love with boundaries. Like you love somebody, but if they disappoint you or they're not holding out their end of the bargain, then like you should probably put up a boundary there or you should probably remove yourself from that person a little mm-hmm. bit. And that's just kind of the the way of love of our world. Like it's very transactional. It's very, okay, you give this much and then I get this much. And so it's really easy to put that almost idea of transactional love on God and think that, okay, God, like you love me when I am reading my Bible, when I'm not sinning, when I'm, you know, doing all of the things for you, when I'm exercising my faith, when I'm sharing my faith. But the moment that those things aren't happening in my life, like, how can you love me? Like, you you can't actually care about me. You can't actually care about what's going on in my heart if I'm not loving you with everything in me. And what is so beautiful and what is so cool about God is, like, that is not God's currency. Like, God does not love you only when you love him. God does not love you only when you obey him or only when you read your Bible for an hour a day, like, 
God loves you because he loves you because he loves you because he loves you. And like, there is nothing that you can do here on this earth to earn any more of that love. And there's nothing that you can do here on this earth to separate you from that love and to cut that love off. And I think that so many of us are just under this impression that God only cares about us when we're doing a good job at loving him in return. And what is so beautiful about God and who he is, is that his care and his love for us is not dependent upon that. And yes, I think when we when we really begin to accept and to know how much God cares about us, how much God loves us, what is so beautiful about that is that it's then our heart's almost immediate response to want to love God in return, to want to obey mm. the things he asks of us, to want to live in close proximity to who loves us so deeply. Um, and so yeah. in such a way that isn't biased or is in such a way that isn't based on performance or based on earning. And so I think it's really cool that when yeah. we really know and accept God's love for us, we can usually see the fruit of it in our lives in the ways that we do walk closely in step with him. But even in the seasons when you don't walk closely in step with him, his love for you, it never changes. It stays so constant, so steadfast. And I think that that's why this conversation matters so much. Like, because many of us at the core of who we are, we maybe know that in our minds, but we don't live it with our lives. Our hearts don't believe it. Like maybe our minds believe it. Yeah. I think about that conversation, even with them, when it comes like your quiet time and having like time with Jesus every morning. I know there's been seasons for me when I haven't done that or like, you know, spending time with him in the morning has just been hard and I miss it and I skip it. And then I'm like, I had this subconscious belief. I mean, I might not admit it at the time, but I'm like, oh no, okay, like today, like I'm doing it on my own. Like today, God's not going to show up for me Mm -hmm. or or he's kind of, he's probably upset with me and and he doesn't want to be a part of my day now because of it. And we've been like trained that way because maybe somebody told you at some point in life, I know that was true for me, like early on in college, some I had heard something similar. Like if you don't, if you don't spend an hour a day with the Lord, it's going to be really hard to like experience him. And I just really don't believe that's true. Like we spend time with Jesus because we love him and because we want to be with him and he loves to commune with us and he loves to be with us in return. But if we start to live out of this guilt, it's going to lead us to like never be with him and never embrace that and never see or understand his care for us. And so until we surrender that and respond to just simply his care and his love for us, just because then we'll just start Mm. to see him show up for us and really, really sweet ways. And that's kind of my favorite thing about God's care for us is that when we start to have eyes to see it and ears to hear it and we, we're looking for it, we see that God shows up for us and cares for us in these intricate, unique, really personal ways. Like I love those conversations with friends and I need to have more of them. I feel like I have certain friends in my life that are like so good about like pointing out all the little Mm. things and (laughs) how God showed up for them. And I sometimes totally miss it. And so I want to have more awareness like every single day of like, oh my gosh, God, wait, you showed up for me here. Like this was so sweet of you. You didn't have to do that. Or thank you for connecting these dots or, 
oh my gosh, now that I'm like looking at it this way, I see how you're showing up. There's so many things when we have our eyes open for it and we respond more to his care and less out of this like this guilt that we grabbed from the world. We start to see him show up in like these really, really cool ways. Yeah, it's so good. So true. And, you know, I think about my relationship with like my husband even. I love him so much. Like he's definitely the person here on earth that like gets the most tangible love for me. And I don't know about you, Ken's, but you know, some days when you're just like a little annoyed with your husband and like you just kind of tolerate him, you're like, everything you're saying to me right now is really bothering me. But because I love you, I'm tolerating it. I'm just like accepting it. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Some days that's how we feel. Like we just like tolerate it and we do that out of our humanity. But then some days that is not in my mind at all. I'm like, I love him so much. I want to surprise him with breakfast in bed. And I want to like write him a sweet note. And I want to, you know, plan a cute date for us. Like I'm so fickle. I go from tolerating to like lavish love to like anger. I'm so fickle Mm -hmm. in the way that I love him. And what is so cool about God is God isn't just tolerating us. Like, you know, he's not just putting up with us day to day and like, okay, but I love her. So I'm going to like not, you know, destroy her life. Like that's not God's heart for us. God every day is the one that is looking for the mysterious, unique, sweet ways to show you how loved you are by him. To put these like little hidden mysteries throughout your day to say like, hey, I see you. And I love you and I notice you. It is not like our fickle hearts that go from tolerating to lavish love to like something else day to day to day. God is that lavish love every single day. And I think it's so important that we begin to have eyes to see it, that we take off that filter that says God is just tolerating us. And instead we begin to see no, no, no. God has like lavished his love upon me. And I want to look for evidence all throughout my day of how much he cares and how he's proving his love for me and how he's He's putting these little sweet surprises throughout my day for me to recognize and remember and to, to believe in my heart and with my life and my actions that he doesn't just tolerate me. He loves me and he cares for me deeply enough to put evidence of it all around me. And I think that's just like one of the coolest things. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Yes, it's so good. I remember this. This is kind of funny. LOL. I'm talking about this again, me being sick this year, but I just have to, I'm remembering this one moment that was really significant in my journey to really embracing that God cared. But if you didn't know already, I've kind of been struggling with some sick things the last, honestly, year now, which is crazy. And I remember... The very first appointment that I scheduled with the doctor, I picked up the phone and and called and like was going to schedule something. And the reception answered and she was like, yeah, it's going to be another month or it might have even been like two months before I could come in and see a doctor. And I was like in the heat of feeling so sick. And I remember just being like, what? Like two months? That is like crazy. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to rely on the Lord Mm. in this moment. And I had to ask myself if God, this sounds funny, but if God was booked out too, like I was like, oh, is God booked out too? Like, is it going to be another couple of months before he's going to like talk to me or before he can hear me or anything? Mm. And I had to face that thought and 
and I and I think that's a that's a thing that some of us believe too. Like maybe for some of you, it's not even like a be- a belief issue. Like a doctor, you know that he does have solutions and that he he can that he can heal you and he can change things around for you. But maybe that you just believe maybe he has other mm. people or other places that he cares more about than you. And that's just simply a lie. Like just as he does show up for like the orphans and the widows and maybe more, maybe even the more like dramatic needs or the whatever that might look like, he also shows up for for yeah. you. Like he can actually be at a yeah. million different places yeah. at once and cares about every big and little and hidden and quiet thing in your heart and mind. And he does yeah. care. And there's no one better to be with in those hardest moments. Like he's better than your best friend, greater love, your husband. He's more understanding than a therapist and he has more power yeah. than a doctor and he's right there for you, which it, Yeah. Really so what cool. happened with your appointment? Did you have to wait two months still? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the crazy. The medical world is, yes, <laughs> it's terrible. If you know, yeah. you know. It takes forever to get in anywhere. Wow. Did you wait two months on God though? <laughs> no, of course not. Let's he go. He shows up and it's really true that on the hardest days, it's like just because the days are hard doesn't mean that God yeah. like left yeah. you. And it actually makes hard days really good yeah. days because we can open our eyes to how he's moving despite yeah. the hard And it makes me think, I think sometimes we probably think, oh, God caring, like this is so elementary. Like, yeah, of course I know that God cares. But I think about the garden and the original temptation with Eve and eating the apple, like Satan's message to Eve wasn't, hey, eating the apple is so fun and like, you'll love it. Come eat the apple. Uh, Satan's message to Eve was, hey, if God really cared about you, like if God really loved you, if God really like was had the best in mind for you, then he would tell you to eat the apple. And so Satan's original attack, original temptation was on getting Eve to doubt that God actually cared about her. And that's why I think this matters so much. That's why I think this is such an important conversation because that's often how the enemy speaks to us is through temptations. He says to us like, hey, if God really cared about you, then he would probably do this for you and he must just not care about you. So you probably should go and get it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's often what mm-hmm. happens in our mind. Like those are the narratives that we run through. The enemy doesn't just try to convince us that like sin is awesome and great and life is a party over here. Instead, he gets us to think like, hey, maybe God doesn't care about you as much as you think he does. And so why are you wasting your mm-hmm. time trying to like obey what he says? And I think that that is just so, so, so important to know that if you're having those narratives in your mind, if you're sitting there and you're questioning like, God, but do you really care? Because if you care, do you do this, blah, 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 blah. Like that is often the enemy messing up our view and our narrative of God. And so it is so, so, so important that at the core of who we are, we believe and we trust in how much God cares about us. And we have to kind of identify what are those kind of stumbling blocks? Like, Maybe it's an experience from your past, something that happened in your past that that keeps you from believing that God really cares about you. Maybe it's a narrative about yeah. who you think God is. Maybe it's that narrative that you think like you have to 
earn God's love first before he's ever going to love you. Or maybe it's even a false narrative about who you think that you are. Like you maybe have been convinced that God messed up when he made you, like he messed something up and like you're broken and there's no way that you can recover. And maybe that is the stumbling block that's keeping you from believing that God really cares. I think it's so important that we address mm-hmm. those and we wrestle through those with God and we allow God to to almost speak into this and to tell us the truth about what's going on with those things. Because I think yeah. having that full belief and that full trust that God cares about you, if we really believed that, it could unlock some crazy, crazy things in our life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think some of us are just mm-hmm. so used to like halfway believing that God cares about us. And so we live in fear or we live in shame or we live in guilt or we live like on eggshells. But I imagine the freedom that could happen if you were just so yeah. confident and like so sure, like, wait, yeah, God loves me. He chose me. He cares for me. And because of that love and care, I want to live in such close proximity to him. And I want to be so attuned to how he's moving and what he's speaking. And I just think, whoa, like then Satan couldn't mess with our minds. Like we could just be like, nope, God cares. God cares away from you. (laughs) Living in so much freedom, so much joy and confidence knowing that he's like right behind us, that he's got our backs. But you're right. I think of my mother-in-law, who's a therapist, you guys know, (laughs) to the In My Feels podcast series. If she was on this episode, she would probably say that like, you've got to go back and unveil Mm. what lie you've been believing or when you were told or when you started to think that he didn't care for you. Was it something somebody said? Is it something somebody did? Was it a time you felt like you disappointed God? Was it a time where he felt that you felt like you couldn't hear him, a hard season, like really going back and being really honest with yourself? Because I don't think you just like flip a switch and you're like, oh my gosh, she cares now. Oh yeah, I heard all the things I said and I feel good. It's like you really got to like sit with God and go back and uncover some stuff in your past. Yeah. Yeah. um, That's so good. It's so true. And so every week on this podcast series, what we want to do kind of at the end is just share a real life story or a real life testimony, either from us or from somebody that we know where we see God moving in this way, like God showing up and caring or God speaking or God healing. And so you can expect that at the end of every podcast series or at the end of every podcast episode, we're going to share one of these stories. Um, and we have some really cool stories that are coming up for the rest of this series. But we wanted to start just kind of with a story from our own journey in our own life um, where God just showed us that he cared in such a really sweet and cool and intricate way. And so I'll kind of start us off, kids, but mm-hmm. feel free to jump in whenever and you're, you're side of the story mm-hmm. as well. So This was back in, I want to say like maybe 2017, 2018. And we were coming off, I think, probably the hardest year of ministry that we had ever had, of friendship that we had ever had. Um, We had some things just happen behind the scenes at Delight. Delight is the college ministry that Ken's and I have started when we were in college and have been running for 10 years. We had some things happen behind the scenes at Delight that were just like really heartbreaking. Basically, like we have a a board of directors who kind of was like our bosses and they had kind of like decided that like we didn't really know what we were doing and they needed to hire somebody to kind of come in and run Delight. 
And I think it was out of such a good, beautiful heart and place to like help Delight become all that it needed to be. But along the way, there were some things that were said or just some things that were done that I think really felt hurtful, that really like kind of drove a wedge in between Ken's and I and our friendship. There was just a lot of dynamics at play. And I started believing all of these lies, all of these lies about myself, like that I wasn't enough that Ken's like didn't care about me, like that God had forgotten me in this journey. You know, I had like done all of this stuff for him. Like I had given my life to this ministry and like he was giving me nothing in return. All of these lies, all of these false narratives. And uh, I was studying because we were going to be having our big conference for all of our leaders where we were supposed to be like hyping them up, getting them so excited about this year of ministry. And I'm like, God, how the heck am I supposed to get people excited about this year of ministry when I am literally drowning? Like I am more miserable, more bitter than I've ever been before. And I'm so honestly just angry at this ministry. Like this ministry has taken my joy. It's taken my happiness. It's taken like my confidence, my security. So I'm just like a mess and I'm trying to plan for this message. And I felt like God had kind of laid on my heart this story of Peter, uh, Peter's denials, and then when Peter was kind of reinstated by Jesus after the resurrection. And one of the things that in my studies I found really interesting is that there's this word charcoal, like a charcoal fire that is only used twice in scripture. And both of them are used in the book of John describing these stories of Peter. So the first is when Peter is standing around the fire with um, the Roman soldiers and he denies Jesus, the fire is described as a charcoal fire. And then after the resurrection, you know, Peter denies Jesus three times. He kind of runs away. Jesus raises from the dead. Amazing. Awesome. And he goes and he kind of sets up this special meeting with Peter. And he performs this miracle where they catch all of these fish, which is almost like in remembrance of the original time when Peter was called and they caught all the fish. And Jesus is like, what is going on, Jesus? Amazing. So... They catch all the fish and uh, Peter goes running to Jesus. He realizes it's Jesus. And then Jesus lights a fire for them to eat breakfast together. And once again, those words charcoal fire are used to describe this meeting that they're having, this breakfast, where then Jesus goes on to say, he asked Peter three questions. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me more than these? And it's almost like Jesus reinstating Peter, rewriting those three denials and saying like, hey, no matter what you did, do you love me? If you love me, hey, your calling remains the same. Who you are remains the same. And so it's this really cool story. And I love this idea that the charcoal fire, like Jesus almost takes that smell, that aroma of the charcoal fire, and he is so detailed and he literally almost rewrites that smell. So rather than maybe Peter, every time he smells a charcoal fire, remembering when he denied Jesus, instead that memory of that smell becomes this place where he gets to remember that Jesus reinstated him. Jesus said, hey, what you did, that decision you made, like that doesn't matter. Like who you are and who, how much I love you remains the same. And so I think it's like just such a mm -hmm. cool little nuanced, detailed thing. Like I always loved that. And I was like, Jesus, I love how detailed you are. Like you're so detailed in how you pursued Peter and how you wrote those wrongs of Peter's life. And so I'm studying this and I'm like, okay, the aroma, like what, what's the aroma in my life? And so 
there Ken's and I are, you know, like I said, hardest season of ministry. We're preparing for conference and we used to store things in Ken's parents' garage for like conference decorations and things like that. And so we'd recently moved to this new office and this office was awesome and amazing. So we were using this, the, her garage as a storage. So we opened this box one day we opened the box and immediately like we are like hit with this smell of these chai tea candles. I'll never forget the smell in my entire life. The smell of these chai tea candles. <laughs> and the reason I remember it is because two or three years ago when Delight was just starting, we uh, had this tiny little office with this no windows. It was like honestly miserable, but it was the sweetest time of ministry. Ken's and I in there just loving it, being so grateful, so thankful for what God had called us to, like so on the same page. And that office reeked of these chai tea candle smells that someone had donated to us. And like, we <laughs> always lit them every day. Like that office is always synonymous for me with those chai tea candles. And it was like, when we opened that box that day, immediately it took me to that office. And what was so cool was in that, I feel like God also just brought back like, whoa, Look at what I was doing two or three years ago. Like, remember what you felt. Remember the calling that you felt on your heart. Remember like how much you knew that I was with you, that I was going to take care of this, like that you didn't have to do it, that I was the one who was leading this ministry, that I was the one making a way Mm -hmm. for this ministry. Like, remember that confidence that you had. Mm -hmm. Like, will you have that same confidence in this moment? And it was just so cool that it was just Mm -hmm. that smell, just like for Peter, like, that smell that God was kind of brought that memory back for me and gave me that confidence again, like, oh God, you still care. Like you haven't left me. You haven't abandoned me. You haven't abandoned Ken's and I, like you can renew, you Mm -hmm. can restore, you can make a way where I think it is impossible. And the me of three years ago believed that, but the me of that moment had a really hard time believing that. And so it was this really cool moment where I felt like God invited me into that And I got to start Mm -hmm. believing that God cared again. And then God did some really crazy cool things in those next couple of weeks in terms of like Ken's and I's friendship, in terms of just some things that shifted in the ministry that kind of brought, gave me confidence again. And I just got to experience God's care in that little intricate way, but also experience God's care in some other really Mm -hmm. cool, tangible ways too. And so it was just a sweet time. That's so fun. No, that's so fun. And it is so real, you guys. That is like a real life story. And we're hoping that these testimonies really bring what we're like speaking about into reality. Like that literally totally (laughs) happened to us. We were in like the worst, hardest season ever. And the Lord brought that little detail, like of like a smell of a candle, like at the perfect time, Right when we would have noticed it after reading that scripture and having that the, that awareness and then having opened the box right before conference, which is a really big time for us that we needed probably that healing and redemption. Like his timing is perfect. He's so detailed and he is looking out for us. But, you know, we, you know, just like how Max shared that story, she had to have the, the eyes and ears to see it. And really, even when it was hard to believe because I feel like you probably weren't at a season where you were like, oh my gosh, God like totally cares for me. Like I wasn't either. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like this sucks. Ministry sucks. (laughs) This is hard. Why why do we have to do this? I know what you were thinking. You were probably like, why do I have to speak on stage or whatever you were already 
having all these negative mindsets. And I actually do believe that God can break yeah. through that too. Like that we have to have a willing heart, I think even still. Like I think he can break through our attitude yeah. and our bitterness or our whatever. He can. He totally yeah. can. Yeah. And we have to be humble enough to look back or in the heat of the moment be like, oh, I'm humble enough to like sit here and realize like, oh, I just like smelled that candle and okay, I'm going to like wake yeah. up a little bit or I'm going to like change my mindset yeah. for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. that's so cool. And it's really true. That yeah. And I think that's what's cool is that like nothing, it wasn't like we were doing all the right things. <laughs> like, you know, we we're doing all the right things. So God's like, I'm going to intervene and show you that I care. We were probably doing all the wrong things, having this bitter heart, having this like, Almost just like, woe is me moment. And God still intervened with his care. And he did it in the like sweetest, mm -hmm. coolest way that wouldn't have worked for anybody else. Like, you know, if he would have intervened in someone's life with the mm -hmm. smell of a chai tea candle from a musty old box, like somebody else would be like, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but Kent and I opening that box, looking at each other and being like, oh my gosh, do you know this smell? Like this takes me back. I think that is what is so cool is like, God knows what's going on in your heart. He knows what's going on in your mind and he can intervene, intervene in the most beautifully random, intricate ways. And would you just, yeah, would you have eyes to see it? Like, would you not manipulate your way into God's favor, but rather instead, would you just say, God, help me to sense, help me to see, help me to know how much you care. Give me eyes to see mm -hmm. how you're moving, what you're doing, how you're speaking, like, I want to see and sense your love for me. And I want to like recognize it and have so much gratitude for it. And so I, that's just our prayer for you guys this week. Yeah. Is that Maybe you just begin to notice maybe some of those stumbling blocks, some of those false narratives, some of those things from your past. Like maybe you go back and you revisit those and you, and you just see some of the threads that have been woven about throughout your life where you're like, wow, I honestly sometimes don't believe that God actually cares about me. And then would you just have mm -hmm. eyes to see? Would you just begin to open up your heart and mind for how God might already be showing you and and just making a way for his love and his care to just hold you and to comfort you and no matter what you are going through right now, his care for mm -hmm. you is not dependent on how well you are loving him, but his care for you is just it's immense and it's hard for us to wrap our minds around or imagine, but he loves you and he cares for you and he sees you. And would that be the thing that compels you into just deeper friendship and abiding with him? Yes. So good. I'm really excited for everybody to uh, learn this for themselves and practice it for themselves. And also, if you haven't gotten your Still the Same God study, uh, you totally need to don't know why you're waiting. <laughs> Again, you might just be listening to this podcast because you love the podcast and you really don't want to study and you're going through an amazing study and that's totally okay. But um, I think you're going to learn so much more about this topic in particular as you dive into the scriptures and see um, how that scripture, how this scripture that was written thousands of years ago is really true and really applicable to our everyday and even have some tangible steps to step into that. So um, grab your book at forthegirl.com. You know where it is. Um, we'll ship it right on over to you. Mac is our new shipping department <laughs> over there in Charlotte, North That's Carolina. Right. A little address That's change. Right. 
She'll be happy to. She'll be happy to ship it ASAP and it will land in your front door in just Woo! a couple days. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And if you have any order issues, hit me up. We'll get you all sorted out. <laughs> yeah. Slide into her. Yeah, yes. maybe. I'll see if I'm good at responding, but yes. Okay. All right, for the girl fam, we love you guys. And we will be back next week with a conversation all about how God shows up. I cannot wait for this one. It's going to be so good. Love you. Yes. TTYO.